Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Oh my gosh, hello. Hello. Before we get started today, we just need to tell you a couple of things. Yes, the first being if you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you can join us next Monday, April 24th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time to watch together with us, surprise, the very episode we are about to engage in discussion on. It's going to be real fun. Uh, everyone over there will get the link. We will all watch together. We can discuss. We can, you know, cover our mouths in shock and awe. Mm. It'll be great. You can find out all about that over at patreon.com slash bufferingcast. Yeah, and also, when you're done listening to this episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, might I recommend that you listen to a recent episode of Mo Welch's fabulous podcast, Come Out, Come Out, featuring a very special guest whose voice you might recognize. It's Kristen Russo, my wife. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, you did such a great job. I had such a great time. And Mo did such a great job. Mo is a great host. Uh, And the podcast is all about, uh, you might have guessed it, coming out. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear all about my coming out story and process and journey. And it's a barrel of laughs and a good time all around. Hell yeah. Yeah. So check that out after you listen to this, maybe. Please. And one more thing before we jump into the episode, we just want to let you know that at the end of this episode, we have a special interview that we did with our friend Carolyn Yates, who works at Autostraddle as the NSFW, not suitable for work, editor, uh, as well as the literary editor. She is a sexpert on many, many planes of existence. We'll talk to you more about all of her experience, but we wanted to let you know that we're pretty excited to have collaborated with her on some of our thoughts about Surprise. Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. You cannot stop us. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> and I am Kristen Russo. And this week, we are talking about season two, episode 13, Surprise. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Surprise was written by my friend and yours, Marty Noxon, and directed by Michael Lang. It originally aired on January 19th, 1998. Wow. Lang is my mother's maiden name. Maybe I'm related to this. So there's an E at the end. Dang it. (laughs) This is the one where, to give Buffy a surprise on her 17th birthday, Drusilla and Spike bring together the body parts of a dismembered demon who cannot be killed. Jenny, how would you summarize this episode? This is the episode where Buffy and Angel have sex. Duh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, are Spike and Drew doing that for Buffy's birthday? Is that what's going on? I mean, they're having a party. That's why I remember I asked you, I was like, is it Drew's birthday too? Like, because there's a lot of focus around it being a party. Yeah, but they don't really hit it too hard. Like, they don't sort of nail that. 
but <laughs> but something gets nailed by the end of the episode. So. And, and there is the first of many ridiculous sex jokes you will hear throughout the course of the hour. Listen, everything's fine. I am excited that we are here. We have been thinking about this episode. You have been thinking about. Everybody has been thinking about this episode. Since we began, I think. Mm. I mean, this well, is... except the people who haven't seen the show before. Except for you. And now, welcome. You are here with us. And next week, you'll be here with us, too. Great talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> or hell no. Who knows? <laughs> or hell mouth. <laughs> um, so, yes. Well, Buffy sleeps in silk pajamas. Buffy sleeps in silk pajamas. Or she appears in silk pajamas in her own lucid dream. Right, right, right. Well, Buffy is, I mean, you know, this is a big theme throughout the episode. Her silk pajamas are white silk. Mm-hmm. Her dress later on in, in the second dream sequence is a white silk dress. Yep, 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 she yep, yep. is wearing a white jacket. Yes. I don't know if you know. What is that symbolize what the color white symbolizes i can't remember it, but it symbolizes something that has not yet been tarnished yes or marred a, or a perhaps a chaste mm. virginal mm, daiquiri <laughs> oh my pina god your colada yeah. favorite jenny's favorite cocktail to get in the entire world is a pina colada well it's just do you it has a lot. Colada? Yeah, it has a lot going for it. The pina colada. First of all, it's a slushy, so it's great. Uh-huh. Ideal drink format. Second of all, <laughs> it's vaguely just, just for the record, I disagree. But faux continue. coconut flavored. Uh-huh. And third of all, there's that amazing song. <sighs> okay, and just I, I wasn't. Have we the talked song. about this? This song on the podcast No, before. we have not. Can we just like briefly touch on the fact <laughs> yes, where that... everyone thought we were going to go with the episode <laughs> surprise, a deep discussion <laughs> into the context I just, of the media I feel like song. not enough people know what this song is about and I have taken no, it on no, as I... my sacred duty. One girl in all the world, yes. she alone yes. has the strength yes. and perseverance yes. to spread the plot of the Pina Colada <laughs> song ahead, Jenny. I'm giving far and wide. 30 seconds, go. Oh, my God, this guy is like, oh, I've been married to this woman forever. And uh, it's like, you know, the fire has gone out or whatever. Maybe just on a lark, I'll place a personal ad. And the personal ad is like, do you like pina coladas? And so on, right? And then he, like, gets a response to the person, the pina colada personal ad. And, whoa, he, like, gets ready to go on a date with this person. And then he goes to the date and he turns out he's on a date with his wife. His wife responded to his personal ad they were both getting ready to cheat on each other and found out that they had more in common and more fire remaining Your in their 30 love seconds is up. than they even realized. But you did a great job. Thank you. And there you have it. And that's our discussion of the episode surprise. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Bye. Great. Uh, let's talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, shall okay, we? Listen, it's really, uh, it's so great. Buffy gets out of bed she walks down her hall. Yeah. Drusilla whooshes into oh, the hallway Drusilla. behind her with just a tiny drop of blood sliding out of the side of her mouth. Mm-hmm. And then Buffy opens a door in her house, and the door, of course, goes into the bronze where uh, people are partying. And I just want to say, this is not the only dream sequence that has been created within the Whedonverse. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I think uh, really, they just crush yeah. so hard. This is really powerful. So hard. So many, it's like really all in the details. I mean, I guess you could say that about anything, but like these details are so perfectly placed. It's so a dream. It's like the fuck, it's just, they 
Ugh. Yeah, no, they do a great job. We see right Willow at first. This is pre- this is pretty fun because we see Willow and Jenny. She's speaking in French. You learned and right, right, and right, the right, translation right. of what she says in, in like what she's saying in French is what? Uh, well, she's saying. Well, I can't say it in French. That's just a lost cause. But the English translation is, the hippo stole your trousers. This refers back to her conversation with Oz near the end of What's My Line Part 2, in which, intentionally absurd, he wonders if the hippo animal cracker is jealous because the monkey is the only animal cracker with pants and asserts all monkeys are French. And so here we have Willow speaking in French. There's a monkey on the table. She's referencing this line. The monkey doesn't have pants. She's saying, the hippo stole your pants. Which is interesting because as we unpack, like, you know, one of the big plot pieces in this episode is is Buffy's dream a premonition or is it just a dream right Right, right, and and like that fact right there alone Buffy was not privy to that conversation between Oz and Willow no right so that kind of points to this being more of a premonition than Mm -hmm, a dream I mean whatever we all know it was a premonition I thought (laughs) the way you were gonna end the sentence what's interesting about that is was uh a hippo couldn't possibly wear a monkey's pants (laughs) because they're very different sizes (laughs) Uh, I really took a turn. I took a turn from where you thought I was going. Um, and the, the other piece of this dream that I fucking love is Joyce with this plate, oh, which yeah. is, you know, also the thing that we see in reality. One of the pieces that is like starting to click together in Buffy's mind. This was not a dream. This was a premonition. Um, but but Joyce, she drops that little saucer mm-hmm. and she turns around. It's just so creepy. And she's still holding her hand as though the plate is still resting on yeah. it after it's fallen. Great job. Great job, everyone. And then Buffy sees Angel from and across this the room. Is, this is some of the best acting we've seen Sarah Michelle Gellar do. Great Face. Like, incredible face. This this reminds me of, um, have you ever seen the movie Unfaithful with Diane Lane? You made me watch it. And of course I did. I, I think it's some of the best acting. Mm. Diane Lane's acting. So Di- Diane Lane, spoiler alert for Unfaithful, <laughs> a movie from 2002. Diane Lane cheats on her husband and she's like having this moment, which is kind of akin to like the first time you have sex. It's like where you're, or anytime you have like, good sex I guess um, where you ha- you have it and then you- later you're replaying it in your mind and you're kind of like giddy and you kind of can't keep it together and she Diane Lane has this scene on the train riding back where she's like she keeps seeing flashes of this sex that she has just had with this man in New York City and it's like whatever and her face acting is incredible. It's so incredible. If you haven't seen the movie, you should watch it um, just for Diane Lane's face acting in that one scene alone. <laughs> um, but Buffy, or Sarah Michelle Gellar, really nails this in this moment. I mean, she, mm. she, her face barely moves. It's like the tiniest little moves in her face, and you know exactly what she's feeling. Yeah. And, who's, of, co- and of course, who she's seeing. Yes. And then Drusilla pops up and kills Angel. Ta-da! Okay, so <laughs> <Sorry>. just <laughs> during this scene, when whatever song is playing in the background is playing, like I kept both times that we watched it, I was like, "Is this Rhodes by Portishead?" No, it's not. Is this Rhodes by Portishead? No, it's not. That's the Portishead song. That's like, "How can it feel this this moment?" You know the one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about out there. Globe, uh, but it's not that song. It's but. Not. I feel like they really wanted that song, but it just didn't end up uh. working. Maybe the license was too expensive, or maybe Portishead is like, we don't license things because we are very cool. One day, one day when we have Marty Noxon or Joss Whedon on our podcast, we can ask them that very important question. Yes. What song did you want for the Yeah, dream, we'll get some answers. Surprise. Hell yeah. Uh, so, okay, so the credits happen. 
Oh yeah, get get the credits. That's great, great. Have a good time. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. we're out of the credits, and here we have um, Buffy and Angel because Buffy has run to Angel's house because she's panicked, right? And yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I had this dream. I don't think it was a dream. And this is really interesting to me because Angel and I don't know if it's just like Angel is saying like it was just a dream because he wants her to be calm, but like he's gonna look into it. But Angel and Giles have like a markedly different response to Buffy being like, I had this dream. And it scared me. Angel being like, listen, it's okay. It was just a dream. And Giles being like, yo, we should take this seriously and like put some thought into this because you're the slayer and like your dreams have more meaning. Yeah. Well, how much do you think of that has to do with the fact that uh, specifically her dream was about Angel dying? So Angel's like, oh, so Angel's like, yeah, I, no, I'm no, not gonna chill. die. I'm alive. Right, right. That's true. I've lived and how much for 241 years? And so. how much of it do you think had to do with Angel being like, shut up and kiss me? And how much of it do you think had to do with Angel being like, I'm just hanging out in my apartment shirtless, <laughs> but I am wearing this long dangly necklace. Also, he like puts his shirt on for her. Which Hell yeah! Seems like the opposite of the I Angel. I love when a guy puts a shirt on for me. Oh right, but that's that's the opposite of his <laughs> normal. The, and yeah, the anti-angel putting a <laughs> shirt on. I've never thought of such a nonsense thing. Mm. So Buffy's like, what if, what if, what if? And then Angel kisses her to shut her up. Mm-hmm. You know, the best way to shut a woman up. Just kidding, guys. I... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, one thing that we want to talk about in this scene, I think, is how many rings Buffy is wearing. So many, every ring, a ring on every finger. A ring on every finger. And I said to Jenny, because she was like, look at all those rings. And I was like, yeah, didn't you have a ring on every finger in the 90s? And yes, you did. Yes, I did. And so did I. Everybody did. Of course. Jenny boasted, actually, about her thumb ring. Yeah, I had a thumb ring. Boast. You did. You were like, I even had <laughs> A thumb ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my tone and meaning. Yes, correct. You were like, hold on. I got to tweet about I this. Even... I got to tell everybody that I, had, Jenny Owen Youngs, had a thumb ring. I even had a clotter ring. Did you have a clotter ring? I didn't. I was going to ask you if you wow. had a clotter ring. I did not have a clotter ring. I did. Ring. Did somebody give it to you or did you just want to have it on your hand for fun? I think I just wanted to have it on my hand for did fun. Did you wear it in particular ways to symbol where you were at in your relationship status? Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm so sorry. Always yeah. single. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what direction do you put it in if you're single and ready to mingle? That's the point uh, the heart, down. The heart facing out, pointing out. You. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, great. So, Buffy's all like, the part at the end of the night where we have to say goodbye is getting harder. Wow, that's great acting, Jenny. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and Angel's like, it's getting harder for me, too. Yeah. And, and then Kristen was like, <laughs> getting harder. Yeah, sorry, guys. Great. <laughs> um, and then Willow's hat. Listen, someone murdered Grimace <laughs> and turned him into Willow's hat. Skinned him and took the top of his head, what rolled it fuck? up, <laughs> popped it on Willow's head. What is, what, 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 what? Oh, it's so what? good. It's so good. And so right. Buffy and Willow have this great conversation about how Buffy is going to do it. Buffy's like, I think I'm ready. Yeah. And Willow's like, wow, wow. Yes. Wow. So many... Wow. Yes. So many wows. It's so cute. Willow is so adorable in this scene. Buffy is very, like, very sexual in this scene, talking about sex. Mm. She's like, well, you know, when you blah, 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 (laughs) you just have to seize it. I think we're ready to (laughs) seize it. And we're like, Buffy, we get it. We get it. Okay. We know you want to put his penis in your vagina. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Kids listen to this podcast. (laughs) Sorry. Also, I should add that Penis and vagina is not the only way to define sexual intercourse. So, there. 
Good. So then we've got this great conversation between Willow and Oz. Yes. Oh, before we get to Willow and Oz, I just want to say I really liked the callback here of Willow being Willow saying to Buffy, like, well, Carpe Diem, that's oh, what right, you right. told me that one time. In the pilot of this show. Yeah. yeah that's that's, that's that what Willow was. said. Yeah. Do you remember in the pilot? Um, <laughs> but I thought that was fun. Anyway, so Willow and Oz, this is adorable. This is the best. Yeah. Uh, framing the fact that you're about to ask someone out. Like, just, like, letting them know and telling them, you know, as a friend, that you're, like, I'm, like, having this this uh, anxiety right now about um the fact that I'm going to ask you out in a minute. And I'm, like, pretty nervous about it. Yeah. And then, and then Willow's perfect response. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know that when you do ask, I'm going to say yes. Ah! So cute. This is, like, something I would write on Everyone is Gay for advice. Yes, yes, yes. When somebody was, like, how do I ask out my friend? I'm so nervous. I'd be, like, you should ask her if you can ask her out. Yeah. You know, it's cute. It's cute. Oh, so, so, okay. So Angel and Buffy are like hot and heavy. Willow and Oz are cute and adorable. And then we got to the other couple. Oh, jeez. My note is, ugh, these two. Yeah. <laughs> Cordelia and Xander at the locker. Xander's bringing his feelings to the locker. He's saying, listen, this thing is happening between us. The surprise party is happening. I think we should go as a couple. And listen, Props to Xander mm-hmm. for being the more emotionally in touch yes. one of the pair of them. Yes. But of course, it's easy, as Cordelia notes, for him to be that oh, half Lord. of the dynamic because, as she puts it, he has nothing to, to be, be ashamed, ashamed of. of. So a burn, a serious burn by Cordelia, and then Xander immediately casts aside this emotional maturity. Fair, because he's just been burned. But he calls, he names the person that had that emotional maturity, mm. uh, Idiot Jed. Yeah. So when will we next see Idiot when? Jed? I hope. I like Idiot Jed. Yeah, it turns I hope out Idiot, Idiot Jed, Jed comes Jed around. Is, an, is a better version, I think, of the of the Xander that we know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Xander that we know scores some points by calling Giles a funky party weasel, and then immediately loses those points by saying, "Um, are you ready for your pre-birthday?" spanking Boo. this made me uncomfortable and you Didn't know what it. it made everyone in the scene uncomfortable everyone in the, <laughs> everyone in the scene with xander is not happy with xander yeah. jenny calendar is like fuck off giles is like fuck off and buffy is like oh fuck off <laughs> xander is really come on man come on man xander is holding a place in line for the patriarchy the patriarchy. Yes, indeed. It was like a question and a declaration <laughs> all at once. And the thing, like, here's the thing. Because we know that there are people out there that are like, oh, so Cordy gets to turn around and be a total jerk. And you give her a pass. And then Xander, blah, 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 blah. Fine. Okay. We get it. But Xander's pattern, it's becoming very established here. Xander's pattern is that Xander says a nice thing, does a nice thing. Yes. And then the moment that that nice thing is not received the way he would like or his uh, desire is not returned, he gets really angry and he does shit that's fucked up. So we're going to call him out on that, you guys. I'm sorry. If you want something else, you must go somewhere else. But also, just to toss this on the table as well while we're talking about Xander and women, later in the episode when they're doing round robin and calling around to all their parents saying they're staying at somebody else's house, Xander calls home and has to, like, tell his mom who he is. Yes. Like, his mom doesn't even realize. 
Yes. You know, we we are getting a clear picture of Xander's home life. Yes. And the amount of neglect that seems to be going on. It's right. not like this behavior comes out of nowhere. Right. And that's like, not to take us down another Xander wormhole, but like, you know, th- there's something important about the fact that we separate, we do our best to separate the like actions that are happening here and how we feel about the actions and also like where those actions are rooted in and the fact that there's a larger system at play. We've said this here before, right, right, but right, it's, right. It, it bears repeating. I'm sure we'll repeat it again that, right, Xander's coming from a place of, I mean, Xander is also living inside of where, Jenny? The patriarchy? You got it. Whew, nailed it. I was like, ah, right. Ah. So anyway, moving on, we will, I'm sure that someday we will spend at least one solid hour speaking about our feelings on Xander. No and doubt. The patriarchy. But, but in the meantime, in let's the talk meantime. about good old HPV, H- Harry Potter vampire. Yes. Back HPV. on the scene. HPV's biggest episode to date. Mm-hmm. Great, great work all around by HPV. Drusilla is, now we mentioned Drusilla in the dream, but Drew is back. And she is strong. Very strong. And oh boy. Oh boy. Spike's got wheels. Jew is very powerful. Mm-hmm. She's licking his face burn. It's She's licking his burns. She's like flipping out all left and right. Now, I would not, I would not allow this episode to happen without us all getting to sit together and and listen to our wonderful Drusilla as she looks at the flowers for her party. These flowers are wrong. They're all wrong. I can't abide them. Let's try something different with the flowers then. So, oh boy. Julia Landau is so great. God, she's incredible. She, I mean, she might be one of my top, top, top favorite actors on this show, Juliet Landau. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is incredible. Also, it reminded me, I, I told you this, Jenny, but, um... I thought it was interesting, like that she's flipping out over the flowers, which seem to be red roses. I think mm-hmm. um, because it reminded me of the Alice in Wonderland, right? Painting the roses red, and the Queen, who's like, you know, the, the whole character of the Queen in Alice in Wonderland is that she's a bit batty, um, and and she loses her mind over the roses not being the roses that she wanted because they painted them red. They're not real red roses. <laughs> the whole thing. I just felt like there was a parallel here. Oh yeah. Uh, the long and short of it being Drusilla. Oh my God, you're the best, and you'd get your jingle now, but we're gonna wait because there's a lot of other things you do in this episode that are phenomenal yeah meanwhile meanwhile joyce drops her plate joyce drops the plate right after buffy spends a few minutes putting about a gajillion bangles onto her wrist i guess they're not properly yeah that was i totally rocked out the bangles just a gajillion in the night oh yeah and like jelly bracelets too remember jelly bracelets i remember jelly bracelets jelly bracelets were like an 80s thing and then they got cool again when gwen stefani uh did her music video for don't speak no, wow. Because she's wearing jelly bracelets. Okay. Whatever. Yep. Um, yep. So, yep. What, right. So now it's Buffy's birthday. Joyce drops the plate. We're learn- We're getting closer and closer to, of course, knowing that this is not a dream. This shit's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we go to Jenny Calendar. Oh. Uh-oh. My gigapet is sad, Jenny. Why? I didn't mean to interrupt this podcast, but I want to let everyone know that based on my inspiration from Bad Eggs, um, I bought myself a gigapet. Um, his name is Chicken. He's a cat, and he's sad all the time. So I just brought him to life just a couple moments ago, and he's feeling sad. He's just real sad. So I don't know. You, you. T- I was about to talk about Jenny Calendar. So maybe you should talk about Jenny Calendar for a minute while I tend to chicken. Yeah, you tend cat. to chicken the cat. I'll let it's our just listeners. Like he's so needy. Yeah, and you already have a wife, right? God. Yeah, I get sad. 
It's just like you're a cat, stuff. man. You know what I mean? Cats like, don't need things. Mm, it's a unique cat. Anyway, I'm going to feed him. Okay, you feed chicken, and I'll tell our wonderful listeners about what happens next. We go to the computer lab where Jenny Calendar receives a visit from a mysterious man in a floppy hat. You may remember him as the subway ghost from Ghost. You may remember him as Lanny from the Humbug episode of The (laughs) X-Files. Wow. Uh, But here he is. Uncle Anyos. Enyos, I think. Enyos. I'm sorry. Uncle Enyos. Yeah. And there's a big... Sorry. I Just in case you're worried about... How's chicken. how's chicken? I put chicken to sleep. I don't know how giga pets work, so I just that seemed to be the thing <laughs> you, that would you put your pet to sleep. Oh, that's really bad wording on my part. He's you put sleeping. Your pet to bed. Okay, I put him to bed. I put okay, him okay. To bed, uh, so that I could talk about Uncle Enyos. We recorded this episode on Wednesday, April twelfth, one week ago. Chicken lived until Friday, April fourteenth, <laughs> two thousand and seventeen. R.I.P. Chicken. We hardly knew ye. Back to talking about Uncle Enyos. So this is a big reveal here, right? Jenny Calendar is uh, of the Romani people. Jenny mm-hmm. Calendar is not her actual name. Her actual name is Yana uh, of the Calder of the Calderash. Calderash people. And uh, we learn that she is apparently in Sunnydale in the capacity of sort of monitoring Angel and making sure that he's miserable because yeah. her people are the people. Mm-hmm. Who cursed him and reinsold him? Right, right. And so before we go, before we go forward with more conversation around Jenny Calendar and this whole thing, we we just want to talk about the fact that um, Uncle Enyos uses. So he he talks about the Calderash people, and then immediately after that says like you're a gypsy, um, and that is a word that is super problematic um, for a lot of reasons. And so we just wanted to take a second. Um, someone sent us. We've talked about it on the podcast before, but this really incredible book called um, Joss Whedon and Race that has a, a it's bunch, a collection of essays. Yeah, it's a, it's a collection of of essays, and this essay is called Representations of the Roma in Buffy and Angel, and it is by Katya McLean. Um, and so I just want to read a couple pieces of it. Um, to sort of contextualize this moment that happens. And it's not the first moment. We also saw some of this in um, Angel in season one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first of all, just to give a little context on the Roma, uh, now I'm quoting from the article, the Roma are a people who originated in northern India, entered Europe at the end of the 13th century, and who speak or are descended from ancestors who spoke the Romani language. Uh, the Roma were seen as an excludable other from almost the first moment that they entered Europe. The term gypsy, historically applied to the Roma by English speakers, is both inaccurate since it is derived from their imagined origin in Egypt and problematic because it has accrued a pejorative resonance from the long history of marginalization, persecution, and racism to which the Roma have been subjected. Um, and so, you know, to give you like a snapshot, some of you may already know this, but the uh, the Roma people um, have... have faced slavery um, in what is now Romania. Um, They were nearly exterminated entirely by the Nazis during the Holocaust. Um, And many of them who uh, immigrated to America also um, faced prejudice and stereotypes and laws that targeted Roma. Um, This this article points out that those laws were on the books in some case until the 1980s. So that's a little bit of history that I think is helpful to know because I think some of us, and myself included, like know that that's a word that you're not supposed to use, but I like didn't really have the history. Mm -hmm. This essay, um, it's great if you can get your hands on a copy of the book. We actually Googled the title of the article, Representations of the Roma and Buffy and Angel, 
title and it pulled up um, the book, the the article in Google Books. And it looked like you could read, if not all of it, um, a really good portion of it. But if you can get your hands on the book, I would highly recommend it. We, yeah. we have not finished it yet, but everything that we've read in it has been really incredible and really eye-opening and really important. Um, and so, you know, uh, Katia talks in the article about the fact that um, there there is there's a problematic nature in the fact that um, this term is used so often in like television and cinema to because of its very direct connection in our minds as like this word means this thing because the Roma people and the word gypsy um, were was associated so closely with like thievery and casting of spells and like, um, you know, all these things that are often associated with people on the margins uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, what what she points out here, which I found really interesting, was that the, the research was done here for this uncle to use the, the proper name of um, the specific part of the Roma people that Jenny and himself belong to, the Calderash. Um, but then right after it, he says this word gypsy. And, and she suggests that perhaps that word is being used um, to, to like let everybody know, oh, by the way, in case you didn't know what this meant, this is what it means, which is so problematic mm-hmm. um, because it does exactly that thing that we said. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, it's not it's not an appropriate word to use. But second of all, it like brings up all of these images that we've been sort of shown over and over again, especially in, in the U.S. in cinema and um, in movies and such mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's unfortunate. You are doing you are just crushing it. I'm just going to finish with a little quote um, from the article, uh, which which says, it's disappointing that a show that was said to have, quote, a real commitment to and respect for the intelligence of his viewers, end quote, chose to leave the viewer with an inaccurate, problematic term, thereby reinforcing rather than subverting Western cinematic stereotypes. Exactly. So I thought this was a really cool analysis. And, you know, I think we're here in a space where we can talk about some of the problematic pieces of the show and still love the show. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But this is important. And we get to revisit it and we get to sort of unpack like the fact that this term was used and um, why it was why it might have been used and why it's really problematic in the first place. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, if you can get your hands on that article, I would go for it um, and read it and learn. Uh, and in the meantime, in the meantime, the elder woman says his pain is lessening. Yeah. Jenny Callender searches her mind for what the cause of that lessening of pain could be and delivers the answer to her uncle. There's a girl. And his immediate response is, how could you let this happen? Yeah. How could you let this happen? Yeah. And this, this like, okay, Jenny Calendar has not given us a moment's notice. Like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she We've hasn't. seen nothing. She has been like, oh, man, Buffy, you have a crush on eight. Like, she's been yeah. like, what? Like, she for- fully forgot why she was there. She was like, I'm, I'm in love with Giles, <laughs> yeah. Angel and Buffy. This is great. I love Gabbard computers. Just, like, hanging out. I believe the actress who plays Jenny Callender and the actress who plays Cordelia are the same age. Yeah, I think we did find, or very close, if not the same. Just worth yeah. noting. So it so, makes sense that she just wants to, like, hang with the gals yeah. and <laughs> talk about boys and cast some bones on the internet. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but this is a big plot. This is a big plot point um, that we see really just introduced in this episode. We don't really see much more come of this, um, apart from thinking that Johnny Calendar is going to murder Buffy later. But in apparently, the she's just taking Buffy to a surprise. Party. Yeah, but she's, she's but in the creepiest possible in the creepiest way. way. And like this is a weird uh, Robia Lamort. Is that how you say the actress's name? 
I've never no, heard it said knows. aloud okay. by so anyone sorry. who would know for sure. Some facts that we should probably know, but don't. Um, but I just, I was a little frustrated with her acting in this episode. It just um, felt very inconsistent with everything we've seen up yeah, to this point. It, but maybe she's shook. I guess. I don't know. I don't have excuses for it. I think I just was not, I was not satisfied. The look that she gives as Buffy like walks to her car to drive away. It was like, <laughs> if you're just bringing her to the surprise party, why did you like why take do you look like to a give serial murder killer. eyes? Yeah. yeah. Like, come on, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. But yeah, so a big plot point there. Another huge plot point is Willow's dog shirt. I don't, yeah, that Scotty Dog sweater. That what is up? Is a great sweater. If anyone ever sees that sweater on a rack somewhere in a Salvation Army or elsewhere, please, please send it to me. I will wear it with such pride and joy. Uh, but don't ever send me the hats. I don't want the hats. I don't want to know them. Don't want to have them on my head. Um, <laughs> so how about this surprise party? Um, I have a lot to say about it. Yeah. First of all... Buffy's fighting the vamps 
in the alleyway. And then her entrance to the bronze is uh, she crashes through the big window that's she behind loves the that. stage. She loves a good now, window crash. dig it. We, okay. haven't, we haven't met him quite yet in the episode, mm-hmm. but the judge is coming. And the judge is portrayed by Brian Thompson, Woo! who previously played Luke. Yeah. The last time that window got broken... <gasps> Was in season one, episode two. Wow, Jenny. The Harvest. Wow. When Buffy tricks Luke into thinking that sunlight's about to come through the window, and that's how she kills him. What a brain. What, what a great connection. Up. Meanwhile, <laughs> we're throwing you a surprise party. The guest list is four peers, yeah. four students, yeah. two teachers, mm-hmm. and one bicentennial vampire. Listen, a slayer circle is small, small but mighty. <laughs> And that's what we have here. But, you know, I just... The lighting. I just really feel like they could have maybe put a CD on. You know? Just like, yeah. Just anything to make it, like, a little more festive. Although the, <laughs> there's a shot of the pool table, which they're using as the snacks table. Uh-huh. And I really got a kick out of the fact that they, like, you know, they had purple and white napkins. And they were like, ooh, I know. We'll take purple and then white and then purple and then white and then purple <laughs> and then white. They had it all set up. And then they were like, the table looks a little empty. I know. Let's take the balls from the pool table and put them in like a nice Scatter them about design. like a constellation. Yeah. They- <laughs> as wow. decor. So we also, uh, the scene also serves to introduce Oz to the fact that vampires are yeah. real. And he is... Not phased. No, he's not. Oh, not phased? No, not phased. What an interesting so choice of words. So he's just like, oh, what's up? Mm-hmm. That explains a lot. Yeah. Then they open up the crate that the vampires were uh, trucking around outside. Which they did with such abandon. It was like. They were like, sure, why not? Yeah, well, let's open this thing and not, like, I just felt like, guys, come on. Like, maybe don't just throw it open. Maybe, I just feel like in other scenarios, they're like, well, Proceed you, with caution. Yeah, you don't want to open this thing. We should look it up. Like, we should fucking take it to the lab. I don't mm-hmm. know. Do something. But instead, they just throw it open and Buffy immediately gets throttled by a disembodied arm. Yeah, I referred to this in my notes, just so you know, as the glove box, which gave me a good trip. It's the glove box. The old ha! glove box. I also want to say, uh, I want to give a few shout outs. Um, one, two, two to Cordelia. Um, <laughs> Cordelia has two great moments in the surprise party. The first being when she jumps out after the whole thing <laughs> and says, surprise! Great uh, job, Cordelia. Great job, Cordelia. And the second, after the whole conversation about the glove and the whole, she's like, is anyone else going to eat some cake? Yeah. I just love her. We know I love her. She's um, got her priorities. Yes. And the other the other thing I wanted to point out about the party is how happy Buffy is when she realizes that they've all done this for her. It's like yeah. a really important moment. Um, a really nice moment where like, you know, and Giles, we, we kind of skipped over that, like the fact that Giles was like, you know what, guys, what I've learned living on the Hellmouth and like doing the work that I do is that when somebody turns 17, you celebrate it. Even yeah. if we're all going to die a moment later, like you, if you're if you're going to press pause every time something horrible is happening, you're never yep. going to get to do these great things, yep, which yep, yep. I think is an important life lesson, even if you don't live on a Hellmouth. Celebrate what you can when you can. Yes, exactly. So... So we learn about the judge. Angel puts it together very quickly. He's like, I, I'd recognize that disembodied arm anywhere. <laughs> she wouldn't. She couldn't. Drusilla, she's bananas. Oh, God. And then he's all like, I got to go. Actually, Jenny Callender Jenny is like, Callender. Oh. Angel, you have to get that arm out of here. And Angel's <laughs> like, I got to go. And Buffy's like, but it's my birthday. Yeah. And then, like, Angel and Buffy are, like, looking lovingly into each other's eyes. And, <laughs> and into the frame comes Jenny Callender, and she's like, I'll drive you to the docks. And you're like, dude, <laughs> calm down. Like, take a breath. 
Yeah, you I can, think you, you, I think the last time we saw that framing, Buffy was talking to Owen yes, and Angel and was Angel popping was, into the middle. Yes, like, come on, Jenny. <laughs> like a come creep. On. Um, and so, right, so we learned, too, that the judge, right, has parts all over and that if the parts are all brought together, that he will live again. Yes, it's um, And we yes. also learn that the judge separates the righteous from the wicked. Um, and not in the way that, like, Jesus comes down in the Bible to separate the righteous from the wicked. I don't know, you guys. I'm just... Did he come down? Or no, did... but, like, you know, the, like, second com- the, like, second oh, coming whoa, whoa, is, like, whoa, whoa, he will whoa, whoa, come whoa. again and, like, separate the righteous from the wicked and, uh-huh. like, keep the righteous. Sheeps and goats. And, and send the wicked away. This, the judge is the opposite. <laughs> the judge is like, you are righteous, you are wicked. I keep you if you're wicked. If you're righteous, goodbye. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes So yes, that's yes. how the judge works. And I want to talk about that in a, in a second. Um... But first, HPV gets his glasses stomped by Drusilla. Oh, my God. I love this And then she almost pokes his eyeballs out. Oh, and she has such a good time with it, too, with her two little pointy fingers aimed at his eyeballs. And Uh then, like, the thing that she does with her arms when she decides not to poke them out where she, like, wants to scare him anyway. Yeah. Really great. Really, really great. She lets him free because, as as Spike says, he's one of the only vampires with half a brain. We probably should keep him around. Right, right, right. Good idea. Good idea. Um, And then we go to the docks. Two... The docks. To the docks. So the Sunnydale docks at it's the corner of 17 alleys on the yeah, sea. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, what? exactly. Where is this? all alleys and then the ocean? And then the ocean. Um, it's Clotter ring time, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my God, that should be a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it's Clotter ring. Okay. Angel's like, what's up, girl? I have to go, but let me give you this ring. It's two hands holding a heart wearing a crown. And if you wear it with the... First of all, he's like... Friendship, you know, the hands are friendship. Yes. The crown is loyalty and the heart is, you, well, you know. You know. This is, <laughs> like, let's just take a minute here for Angel, me being, the whole episode, me being like, Angel, seriously? <laughs> like, seriously. He's like, I, I. He says <laughs> I and then pauses like 486 times. Get it? Together, man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> say what then, you mean, mean what you say. But it's pretty slick that he's like, if you wear it with a heart pointing towards you, it means you belong to somebody mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. And he's already wearing one like that. He's like, Buffy, you own me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffy, I'm property. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> me, Kristen, I'm into it. I wasn't yeah, playing yeah. Buffy. I was playing Kristen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then he's like, I. And then it's like, vampire says, interrupted. He says, Buffy, and then he pauses for four hours, and then he says, I, and then he pauses for four hours, and the vampire is like, you know, man, I was going to give you a chance to say what you were going to say, but forget it. I just... But the vampire jumps down because he's very impatient. But before the vampire jumps down, I think something important in this exchange between Buffy and Angel is this um, conversation around, like, she doesn't want him to leave, and not because, like, she's going to miss him, although she will, but she doesn't want him to leave because she doesn't know the kind of life that both of them live. They don't know how long they're going to live. It's, like, a Mm -hmm. very specific thing. It's a very specific situation um, that I think has come up a couple of times already and will come up again, where she's like, we have to be realistic about the fact that you could, in six months, I might not be around anymore. Anymore. You know, mm-hmm. my my life is threatened every episode of yeah, the television. Yeah. She's like, Angel, I'm in this TV series, and every episode I almost die. So yeah, yeah, so. you never know what the writers are going to do. Yeah. <laughs> They're unpredictable. They're unpredictable. Um, but I just thought that that was really important, a really important piece of this whole thing. Um, right. Is like they're they're falling in love, but the stakes, and like, you know, we talked. Stakes. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, like we talked about this a little bit um earlier where 
sorry, off air. You weren't here for this part. But Jenny and I were talking about like the first time you fall in love, the first time you have sex and like the emotions that come along with that and how even without carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, you're you're really like in deep. Um, yeah. This is like one of the most overwhelming times in a person's life is the first time they fall in love because you don't know up from down. I mean, you're really just all over the map. Yeah. So we have that here, but it's it's like underpinned by this even deeper situation um, with their lives and their livelihood. So. Speaking of lives and livelihood, mm-hmm. there they are fighting for their lives and livelihood. <laughs> Those three vampires that are on the docks, yeah. including HPV, who's grabbing the, the little crate. And um, there's some fighting and somebody gets away with the crate and then Buffy gets thrown in the water and then Angel's uh, response is, Buffy! Yeah, like, and what? then he jumps in the water after her. Bro, it's just the water. Yeah, he's like, Buffy can't swim. Like, I think Buffy can swim. I think they just wanted to get everybody wet. Nice and wet. Uh, another theme in this episode is wetness. Really? Hit it over the head. Yeah. They're like, oops, we fell in the ocean. Oops, the sewers sure are damp. Oops. It's pouring rain. Like, we get it. We get it. Buffy's in the library and she says, we got wet. Just in case we missed the... We get it. Everybody's getting wet. Okay. Oh, boy. My next note is, fuck you, Xander. (laughs) (laughs) Xander has a particularly shit moment (laughs) where he's detailing his fantasy vision of uh, Buffy and Angel's life together where uh, Buffy is working at Denny's during the day, slaying by night. Angel has a blood belly. Blood belly, yeah. And um, the spark is gone. Yeah, yeah. And then Xander flies into town on his private jet. On his private jet and takes Buffy out to Prime Rib. And then the cherry on top yes. that he loves, that he's grinning. So happy. When he about. says, is, and she's crying. Like, guys, come on. Not okay. Like, even up until, like, wishing that, you're, wishing that your friend is unhappy is troublesome. Wishing that your friend is unhappy so that you can swoop in and be together with them, still troublesome. Wishing that your friend is unhappy so you can swoop in and say, I'm happy, how about you? And watch them cry for pleasure is kind of fucked up, guys. It's kind of... It's a bummer. That is what underpins my note. Fuck you, Xander. Fuck you, Xander. So they do the round robin. Everybody's sleeping at everybody else's house. Xander's parents don't care where he is we learned that pretty briefly yep 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 um, and um they're doing they're doing <laughs> in researching the judge they they come across the information that no weapon forged can kill him right there's also a really great moment when angel tells everyone that buffy hasn't been sleeping well <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in turn yeah and he's like uh, she told me guys yeah come on man so, yeah, and then something that I wanted to note, so we go from the, because Buffy's sleeping, so we go into the second dream sequence, mm-hmm. and we already talked a little bit about the, the like, <laughs> she's wearing that, like, Joan Crawford nightgown. Yeah, down. she's really going for it with the white silk, um, but I noticed that Drusilla seems to be wearing the same dress, or, Looks or like a it. very similar dress, and it's really, it's interesting to me, the sequence, because it's like, Buffy is in the white silk, and Drew is in the white silk in the dream, and then we cut from the dream to Buffy waking up, and like, hugging Angel, and then it's like a close-up on Buffy's face that fades as close as they could get it into Drusilla's face, ah. and then Drusilla is wearing like a blood-red dress, right? right so there's right, just right. a lot of symbolism, a lot of yeah. stuff happening here um, with whatever. With who knows? Who knows what right, it right, could right. symbolize? Who can say? Who can say? So 
the uh, the biggest difference between Buffy's party and Drusilla's party right. uh, is that there's music. And what song is Drusilla currently spinning? Why it's Transylvanian Concubine <laughs> by Rasputina, the goth cello trio. Wow, that's perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> Nail- that's exactly Speaking what. Speaking of hitting things over the head. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Drusilla knows how to throw a party, man. Drusilla's party is like 400 times better than Buffy's party. They need to take a couple notes from Drew. I also really want to know which vampire is assigned to lighting all of the candles. Mm. I then would like to know what vampire is assigned to cleaning up all of the candles later. Probably HPV. I have um, a visceral memory of... So I used to work at this restaurant in New York City that's not there anymore. It was called Park Avalon. And it was part of the... Um, what is it called? Be Our Guest? Thank you. It's part of the Be Our Guest restaurant chain, or it was. And they had a candle, like, altar thing, like, right in the middle of the restaurant. And it was one of our jobs every time, or two of our jobs, um, to fill up the candles, all the candles, light them all. And then they would, like, drip down over the thing. And then we would have to, like, pop out the candles and, like, clean up all the wax. It was, like, a whole thing. All of it? You would have to clean all the wax off that table every day? Every day day it was like a copper base and it was like serious work and when you got to work and you and they were like you're on sugars you're on this you're on that and you two candle altar we were like oh <laughs> it's a lot of work so when uh, i saw that's all pretty those, satisfying when i oh you want to you want that job yes i'd like I that will burn job a candle for my you. next shift I will, I will burn a candle for you every day and let you scrape the wax Yay. <laughs> um but yeah so just saying as i have had experience in candle lighting and cleanup mm. it's no joke Right, 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 right. So. so they've put the judge together Ooh. and out busts Luke. Luke <laughs> or the alien bounty hunter from the X-Files. No, or the judge. Like. Or the judge. Or the judge. Um, but great. I mean, you can see like all of that makeup and Luke just shines right through. He's definitely there. And he's great. And this is great. Um, I, I thought this was interesting too. You know, this like whole who is um, who is righteous and who is wicked and that like Luke busts, sorry, the judge busts out of his thing and he's like, you two, you have like humanity in you. What is this affection that you have for each other and this jealousy that you have? Uh-huh. That like essentially he's saying like as evil as Spike and Drusilla are, they're not wicked enough. Yeah, for him yeah, 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 yeah. Because they love each other, and that alone, right, 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 gives them a tinge of like righteousness of humanity. Yeah. And Spike is like, "Fuck you." Yeah, I love Spike. Love Spike is like fully wheelchair bound, and he's like, "Excuse me, sir." Like <laughs> knocks on his fucking yeah, yeah. chest and is like, uh, "We brought you back, so suck it." <laughs> Uh, then he decide- the judge reveals that he is not yet at full power, mm-hmm. and he needs to start killing some people. Killing some uh, people. And who's first to go? Why, it's poor Harry Potter vampire. I know, because why? Because this one's full He's of full feeling. feeling. He reads. He, oh. I know. HPV, He's gone on to a better... <laughs> R.I.P. HPV. And then Drew Oh, my Scylla. God. She is into it. You fella. You know? I do. She, do it again, do it again. Drusilla, you earned your jingle like an hour ago, but finally, the collection of your talents and skills will give you your jingle. Hell yeah. Drusilla, you fill my heart with dread, and still I'm led right back to you. Wow, wow, wow. Well, 
Yes. If you want that beautiful jingle as a ringtone, or our Cordelia jingle as a ringtone, you can get both of those on iTunes. We know Via your iPhone. Via your iPhone. And we've been really delayed. We're sorry. Um, we know that Android users want those ringtones too. It is on our list. We will get to it as soon as we possibly yeah. can. Um, we'll let you know the minute that that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, before we forget, I, we need to give a sexual attention award out. Yes. Now, here's my feelings. We've not discussed this previous to right now, right this moment, Jenny, but I usually we go with with the non-obvious, right? Like yeah, the, usually we do something but this, fun. This is special. This episode is particular, and I I move to give it to Buffy and Angel. I am into that. Okay, I think they really. I think they worked hard. They literally probably have chapped lips. Think of the cumulative <laughs> hours they have spent kissing each other. Yeah. The, every episode they look at us through the television set, and they're like, "This time, guys," and we're like, "Nope, somebody else." <laughs> this time. <laughs> This time, Angel and Buffy, you get it. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look for the trophy in the mail. Yes, please do. Um, we got your names engraved on it. It's real special, like. Yes. It, it says happy birthday, Buffy, too, <laughs> of the occasion. Um, so, Buffy, so this there's a moment that happens here um, where Buffy walks into the library. Uh, or, sorry, she's in the library, and she's with Angel, and she turns around, and she's like, I have a plan, and this is the fucking plan. And she, like, lays out the whole thing, mm-hmm. and Giles is like, oh, oh okay. And I feel like it's very intentionally put there to underline the fact that Buffy is an incredibly capable human being. Who can make her own choices. Who can make her own choices. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Because, you know, we are dealing with um, television and sex. And the 90s. And the 90s. And I think that they wanted to make it really clear. I mean, we see again and again, of course, that Buffy is very capable. But I feel like this explicit moment of her being like, I own my shit, guys, is really leading into what happens next. Yes. Um, which is a whole lot of boning. Well, but first. But first, but first they, they got to get wet. They go to Spike and Drew <laughs> HQ. Yes. And the judge smells them immediately. Duh. And Buffy doesn't even wear her trench coat. Ugh. Or her sunglasses. Or, or her disguised sunglasses. Uh, so they're they're captured and brought down and it looks like maybe they're about to bite the dust. But then. Ooh, bite the dust. Nice one. Uh, Buffy kicks old What's-His-Bucket in the chest. Yeah. And... Angel breaks away enough to uh, knock down the, the chain television installation. What yeah, else? that's what? been there for a while. Yeah, no, I know. Why? Is that is like are Spice they into, into like, it? Like you know, art. Like is that is well, like they were watching um, the videos that some the camcorder videos that somebody was taking of Buffy right, but on it's those very TVs at one point. It's very. But don't you just like picture Spike and Drew having like. I don't know, French films on in the background or yeah, something. Yeah, I do. Or like having a live video feed from their bedroom and instead of a mirror. Oh my God, instead of a mirror oh. for their sexy times, they my. use a live video feed on their God. television installation. That's what it is, Jenny. Oh my God. I'm glad we talked about this. Thank you. Anyway. Anyway, they escape. They come up through the sewer. It's pouring rain. Oops, we are yeah. all wet. And if wet. you if you missed, because we watched the episodes twice, and on the second viewing, like, Buffy and Angel jump down into the sewers, and then it cuts back up to the vampire lair, and Drew had just one line. She says, go. And it is so intense and so <laughs> great. And it made me happy. Thank you, Drew. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, right, they're in so the they, rain. They seek shelter at Angel's place. Wow. And Angel says... Put this on and get under the covers just to warm up. Jenny was lying on the floor watching this, and I was sitting on the couch, and that happened. That moment happened, and her hands just came up from the air, into the air so I could see them, and she did air quotes. 
Just to warm them up, huh? <laughs> it was a really good moment. So we have a really special treat. Oh, my God. This is so great. Um, We have been talking about vampire sex for a couple of episodes now. Ever since Angel explained that he couldn't have children, mm-hmm. what did he mean? And so we sat down with our friend, Carolyn Yates. Uh, Carolyn is the uh, not suitable for work and literary editor over at Autostraddle. She also runs sex, kink, and relationship-related workshops at A-Camp. She's written about sex, culture, feminism, and gender for Nylon, Bitch, The Toast, Jezebel, The Billfold, and Extra, among many others, has discussed sex and relationships on New York Magazine's Sex Lives podcast and many other radio shows, and conducted... The Ultimate Lesbian Sex Survey, a survey of queer women and humans that is one of the largest of its kind. Well, we thought Carolyn might have some input that would mm. delight us all Hell on yeah. vampire sex and sex in general in the Buffyverse. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Carolyn. Yes. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us. Um, can you use your vast expertise to explain to us how you think vampires might bone. Wow, you went with bone, huh? Is that... Sorry, I know... (laughs) Sorry, uh, how can vampires have sex? (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of interesting because without knowing how blood and blood drinking and bodily fluids, like, actually work in this world, um, besides, obviously, vampires need to feed by drinking it, and I feel like Spike just has the air of a dude who kind of goes around peeing on stuff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's kind of fair to guess that vamps in general probably couldn't like have sex with their genitals if they were hungry because then there wouldn't be like enough Ooh. blood to get there. Um, oh. Yeah. Which so is a good, so a vampire needs a good meal before a good boning. So yeah, so yeah, we're saying the blood like... that they drink is the blood that then flows through their circulatory system and makes their um, stuff. Jenny, are you, are you also an expert at talking about sex? You're doing a great job. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't want to say penis, and I didn't want to say erect, because I'm five years old. I think you're going to have a hard time having this conversation if we can't say penis or erect. That's okay. true. I'm... Well, but, like, people with, um, like, clitorises and vaginas still need blood to get there to, like, have a good time. Thank God you're here. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why you have me on here. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think... Um, like, usually, because usually in vampire lore, sex and feeding are really tied together, right? But right. here... Yes, totally. Yeah, but, like, but here it's interesting because they're kind of separate. It always looks like they're kind of, like, breaking people's necks and, like, happening to, like, just, like, grab a bite. Or it's, like, violent and quick. Um, and ha- have we gotten to the death cult yet where there's, like... The people in like the velvet in the basement, and it's like, yes, kind of, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yeah. Yes. So, What's the name of the, the, club? the sunset club? The sunset club. The sunset club. And I feel like <laughs> that's kind of a thing where maybe like vampire feeding is eroticized, but it's not the vampires doing the eroticism. It's like weird 90s teenagers who are like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is a great way to solve all our problems. And so right. I think you can I think you can take weird off of nineties teenagers. I think there's just that's, that was <laughs> just, just the general 90s. vibe like, of nineties teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um but yeah, so like the pleasure from feeding is more like a killing pleasure than even like a normal like, oh I ate a food that I liked pleasure or let alone like sex. Um mm-hmm. And then also in other mythology, vampires seem like way more hedonistic than here, which is probably a little bit like, oh, a television show, Um, but also a little (laughs) bit like vampires are after other stuff, like the end of the world. Like even when Spike and Drew are super sexy with each other, it's like, oh, this is a great way. And look, then we're going to have a party and everyone will die. 
And, right. <laughs> and so, like, sexual pleasure is just, like, kind of approached differently. And so then it's sort of like, okay, well, then how do vampires actually experience pleasure or joy? And we know that Andrew can't have kids. But, like, does that mean that he can't have penis and vagina sex? Or does that mean that his sperm is also undead? Or, like, right. as a vampire... Right. Yeah, or, like, as a vampire, is it irresponsible to go around creating, like, half-undead babies? Or is that just, like, oh, because you're feeding and creating additional things walking around that are like you by feeding instead of, like, with your junk, then Uh, is that, like, why he can't have kids? mm -hmm. Because he, like, doesn't want to... Someone had suggested to us that that it might have to do with body temperature because in order for sperm to be viable, it has to be, like, at a certain temperature, and since vampires are uh cool to the touch they're like room temperature that maybe um no sperm created in a vampire body if such a thing were possible would remain viable yeah that would make sense too wow or maybe he's just like really into safer sex and made like a responsible decision (laughs) that maybe as a 200 year old it would be like oh my god not he got a vampsectomy (laughs) oh my god a vampsectomy i'm so mad at you there it is Well, and you, Carolyn, you brought up too in our in our preliminary conversation around this that like is safer sex a concern for Buffy and Angel? Like, do they have to like can can either of them transmit diseases to each other? Maybe it depends on like how room temperature, or if a vampire were to have sex with a human partner with an STI and then go really quickly before the disease or before the infection had a chance to like die or before they took a Ah. shower then it could like go like how it can travel on surfaces with some of them but like right yeah i don't know how that would work or is vampirism itself an sti in some because if you're using meeting for reproduction then like and you're spreading vampirism then like how does that's deep carolyn (laughs) that's great that is great (laughs) wow Wow, so much to think about. We've already been thinking about how this is all working. Yeah. Uh, and now we have like 75 more layers of ways in which to think about vampire sex. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about another thing, another point that you brought up, Carolyn, because you are smart and you know about sex. Um <laughs> Which is, like, how you view the character of Buffy um, and, like, the series and how they treat Buffy and how her character and her character's interest in sex kind of separates her from um, some of the heroines that we're used to seeing. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, So I think Buffy is interesting as a heroine because I think often um, the way that, like, women-identified heroines are depicted is, like, oh, you know, other girls are ditzy and, like, they care about looking pretty and they care about their clothes and they care about like boys or girls or sex or whatever. And like, you know, and then the heroine is like strong and stoic and smart and like, you mm-hmm. know, still pretty obviously in a very normative way, but you know, she's brunette or something. There's like, <laughs> you know, there's like an edge there. And so it's just like, maybe she's wearing glasses. Maybe she's wearing glasses, <laughs> even if she also needs contacts or the glasses are just like an aesthetic choice. Like there's still, <laughs> you know whatever but then all the other girls are like oh haha we're distracted by wanting to have sex and then oh look it's the end of the world and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think Buffy is interesting because she does care about that stuff but also cares about the end of the world and which is Mm -hmm. like obviously such a like simplistic jump like oh wouldn't it be cool if women characters were nuanced but like I don't know it is kind (laughs) of cool 
Yeah, I think it is. And and you saying that reminded me too of of some place where I have heard this explicitly laid out, which is in Scream. Um, we all know how much I love Wes Craven, so always happy to bring him into the conversation. But you know, there's this classic scene in Scream where Randy goes through the rules of horror films, and one of the rules is like you show your tits and then you die, um, which I think is rooted in the same thing, right? That like if a character in a horror movie has sex, then you know that that as a female character, then you know that that female character is not going to live um, because again just like you said like the stoic strong character the character who might make out a little bit but like button up her shirt a couple extra buttons like that's mm-hmm. the heroine uh, that we see especially in horror um, yeah. in, in classic horror obviously you're right you know that's been it's been subverted um, more times than just on Buffy but well, yeah but then cool. even here like Buffy is still painted as like super chase right like almost every mm-hmm. single because I just rewatched the episode like an hour ago and I noticed that almost every single shot in this episode possibly in every single one she's wearing like at least some sort of white colored clothing or like a beige Mm -hmm. it's super there's that um in the dream about the judge there's that like super virginial outfit where it's like very very evocative of like oh look how pure you are and for Mm -hmm. no reason other than like oh at the end of the episode she's gonna bone um (laughs) and i think too like the sex kind of takes place as close to within marriage as it like realistically would in this 90s television show about a 17 year old Mm. in california because you know she like she makes the decision before this stuff happens which is kind of cool but then you know he like gives her a ring and they almost lose each other and like almost say i love you except then vampires happen and then they come dramatically (laughs) back together after almost dying and then they say (laughs) i love you for real and then sex happens and it's like Maybe potentially transgressive that her decision is like, oh my gosh, Angel just made out with me against the door. Like, Willow, this is great. I want that. (laughs) And then, you know, the other stuff happens. But it's still, all that other stuff is still super present in a way where it's like, oh, are you kind of giving her permission to do this within the realm of, quote, needing permission to have sex or to explore sexuality? Or is it like actually transgressive or maybe a little bit of both and we mm-hmm. noticed that too we we just watched the yeah. episode as well and um there's a scene at the end right before they do it that she like she like takes off her shirt but then she pulls it up like to her neck and i was like buffy seriously you've like yeah. literally like, she's still wearing a tank top and also she's like you know her general style of dress yeah. is like low-cut tops and like whatever so it's it is very different in this scene um i think with her like covering herself up and being like, I don't know if I can, or I don't know if I should, or, Mm. you know, those elements are there. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm damp from running through a sewer, I'm still going to cling this sewer water laced sweater. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Wow. Well, and so, you know, obviously we're in the middle of two important episodes here. We're at the end of surprise and we're before innocence. Um, And we see, you know, they have sex or so we are to believe. I was actually disappointed by the the little amount that we got to see. I know Mm. it was on television, but like, man, Mm -hmm. you didn't even see like a pair of pants get tossed across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. Even though they're holding like extra clothing, none of the extra clothing. Um, But then, you know, then we see this um, ending scene where Angel runs out and collapses into the alley and he's saying Buffy's name and if our watchers are seeing this for the first time um, they they are not going to know what happens but we know what's going on and I know that we are going to want to hear more from you later Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that you'll come back and visit us in a a later episode so we can talk about oh absolutely (laughs) 
Spectacular. Great, great, great. Um, Carolyn, you are fantastic. This was so much fun for us. Um, and I'm sure that everybody's going to be really psyched to dig a little deeper into vampire sex. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. Well, that was great. That was amazing. Thank Carolyn. you so much, oh. Carolyn Yates. Thank you so much. We um, are very excited to have you back on a future episode to talk about sex more. Mm-hmm. If any sex happens again on this yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was the last of it. Maybe meaning. that was the last of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just to have a moment with this scene, I mean, we, we talked about it a bunch with Carolyn, but this um, this is a big deal. As we talked about, they don't show us a lot. Mm-hmm. We are to assume, perhaps, that this has happened. There's kissing. There's kissing. It fades to white. Yes. To white. To white. Notably. Yes. And then we come back and they are sleeping in bed together. Right. Naked. Presumably naked. I mean, Angel is pretty naked. This is funny, actually. Angel is pretty naked. He's either just in... But he still has his necklace on. Yes, he does. He's either just in his undies or... I think think we see his undies. Do you? I looked for him, but maybe I missed him. I think you see him. Okay. Well... He's pretty naked, but don't worry, before he runs out into the yeah. alley. He wakes up in a panic, and he's, like, gasping, and yeah. he has to run out into the rain, but first he puts on his pants, socks, shoes, <laughs> shirt, sweater, and coat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unbelievable. I can't th- I can't believe they didn't take an opportunity to have Angel run out in the rain in just his, in his underwear. underpants. Mm. Come on, guys. Everybody watch that scene. Give us Hell that. Hell yeah. Do you think they did that take and like couldn't air it? And if so, how can I get my hands on it? Ooh. I would like I would like to see Angel in his skivvies in the rain. Yeah. We put this question to you, the listener. <laughs> Anybody got any hot deleted footage? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, this is uh, we're laughing and we're making fun of Angel putting all of his clothes on. But in reality, but something is happening. Something is happening. Something horrible is happening. We don't know what. Well, we know what, but some of you might not know what. Uh-huh. And in this journey, we don't know what. And and I said to Jenny. I can't imagine because I didn't watch this live. I didn't watch this television show live. And I was like, could you imagine having to like end this and then go a week? And she looked it up. And when they aired this episode, when Surprise aired, it aired on a Monday night. And on Tuesday night, they aired Innocence. So you actually didn't have to wait. Phew. But here in the land of buffering, you have to wait. You have to wait until next week. But oh my God, a lot of stuff happened. We talked about as much as we could. We could have sat here for six hours. This is a big effing episode. Yeah, it's Next episode is a big effing episode. Hell yeah. Um, and we are excited? Uh, scared? Scared. We are... I Trepidatious. Mean, I, yes. We're, but we're excited to journey through it with you. Yes. Um, and, and that's a good point to remind you that uh, we want to watch Surprise together with you. Yes. Before we go to Innocence next week. So on Monday, April 24th, 6.30 p.m. Pacific uh, time. Pacific time. Join us. Um, you just have to be a patron at the dollar level or more. Uh, support. It's a, it's a win-win. You support our work here. Help us have more time to, you know, take care of our gigapets and... <laughs> Hey, it's an important thing. This gigapet is sad all... This gigapet pooped. Oh, my God. It pooped. Jenny, it pooped. Sorry. I just picked it up. It pooped. I can't get involved. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and also to, you know, make this podcast better and better, which we strive to do. Strive. And for that support, you also get to join us to watch Surprise together, which I think is going to be a delight. That's going to be really fun. Um. So, yeah. 
Anything else? Did we miss anything? We said the patriarchy. We did sexual tension. My Tamagotchi. I mean, my Gigapet pooped. Did you guys, did you know that Tamagotchi just is re-releasing as of, like... They saw Kristen's post yeah, that like, she had ordered a Gigapet on eBay. I ordered it on eBay, and they, and were, they were like... like, we better fire up the Tamagotchi maker. They were like, one girl in California ordered a Gigapet <laughs> off of eBay. I think it means it's time. Yes. Um, so now the Tamagotchis are being re-released, but you know what the Tamagotchis don't got that I got? The sweet KFC logo <laughs> on the um, side of there. I have a K... My... my Gigapet has a KFC logo on it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because uh, it it, it, maybe because of oh my god, maybe it's because he eats chicken bones. The cat eats chicken bones. Wow. Okay, anyway. Regardless. KFC donated all of their chicken bones to the lives of gigapets. What? Okay, gotta go. This has not been an ad. <laughs> Um, well, with that, I think it's safe to say I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and it has been my pleasure to serve you this day and all the days. When I'm not watching Buffy, I write songs and record them, and you can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. Yeah. You can also give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yeah. Has anybody ever just tweeted a shout at you? No, but now they will. Now they will. Um, You can find me as well on Twitter at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. When I am not podcasting about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I am working with LGBTQ young people as well as their families, as well as their educators um, and just allies in general. So you can check that all out um, on my website, KristenNolene.com or over at EveryoneIsGay.com or MyKidIsGay.com.com. (laughs) buffering the vampire slayer is on facebook and twitter at buffering cast and you can drop us an email at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com as always, you can support us by going on over to patreon.com slash bufferingcast. Uh, you can also support us by going over to our store found on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop and you will find t-shirts, you will find enamel pins, you might even find some new products very soon. Who knows? Um, so you should check that out. And last but not least, go on over to iTunes. Say some nice words about us. We really love it when you do. It makes us happy. Makes the world happy. It helps other people find the podcast. Truth. Truth, truth. So those are some ways you can support us if you so choose. Um, You can also just keep on fighting the patriarchy out there. Mm -hmm. It's another way to support us and yourself. Hell yeah. (laughs) Till next time.
It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.